Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams, and this is the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. In this emergency two-part episode around the ongoing Suez Canal event, I speak to two alternative data providers that are perfectly positioned to provide insight to investors. First up, I speak to Stelios Stratidakis of Marine Traffic, a company that maps the data provided via the transponders aboard all the ships afloat at any given time. In the second part, I speak to Philippe Pagnotta of Shipfix, a data provider more focused on the order and pricing data related to the shipping markets, with a particular focus on the dry sector. Stelios, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the invitation. It's uh, nice to be here. You're very welcome. So, Stelios, let's just begin, why don't we, just by talking a little bit about what marine traffic does for a living, because um, that would be a good insight into how it how it's um, useful in this situation. Okay, so marine traffic is uh, all about uh, maritime data. What we try to do is to leverage this data to drive efficiency in shipping. Uh, by adding transparency and visibility to maritime operations. Um, to do so, our primary data source is the Automatic Identification System, or AIS, which is used by all commercial vessels. It's, it is a means to relay information about uh, vessel positions, speed, course, etc., dynamic information, together with identifiers and uh, voyage info such as uh, the next destination or the reported ETA of any given vessel anywhere at the world. And um, in order to get this info, we have set up a proprietary network of uh, terrestrial AIS receiving stations all around the globe and fuse this info with uh, uh, partnering up with satellite providers able to uh, get these AIS messages so this is where the journey starts. Um, then we get this info, we structure the, the information into human readable formats and machine readable so that we can further exploit, uh, fuse with uh, more data sources about uh, information about the vessels, the global fleet, um, geofencing areas of interest, ports, and uh, you know everything that goes with that so that we can produce events in real, near uh, real time, routes, uh, user-defined events. Uh, we have weather data fused as well in that. So the journey actually never ends with an end goal to you know, come up with insights and tools and help uh, stakeholders in the maritime ecosystem make better decisions for their uh, line of work. So there are the... Um, transponders on every ship, kind of like on, on planes, which are always pinging out saying, this is exactly where I am. And you take that information, this this AIS, um, and you um, put it together with what the ship is, you know, the ships are, are registered, etc. Um, and you have, um, you put it together with it, with all the all the data, take its geolocation, and you've got what you end up with is this wonderful, um, kind of vibrant, moving, ant's nest of a of a um of a of a screen when you when anyone logs onto your onto your website which is you know a user can just log on and see 
where all the ships are in the world right now on the water, um, what direction they're moving in. They can click on them and, and, and see what they are, you know, and, and, and so that is, so marine traffic is just a kind of a wonderfully big moving map of all the ships in the world and it's and it's layered with with uh information on top as well is that is that is that true well uh partially i mean this is part of the truth marine traffic is even more than that um what we do is also store this information and uh, build intelligence on top of that to build predictive services so our aim is to you know learn from the past capture the present and uh, predict what's going to happen. Uh, for example, by taking into account past movements and what happens now on the seas, be in a position to provide with more accurate estimations of uh, expected times of arrival mm. uh, of any vessel or studying uh, port congestion patterns in the past or provide with wet weather routing options. I mean, it's endless. So. As you mentioned, we have this wonderful platform, our online services, where users can uh, see what is available. The model is uh, subscription-based. So there are uh, plans, that uh, subscription plans to cater for uh, different needs. But we also offer a wide range of data services, such as APIs that can be integrated into other systems together with the uh, potential to export uh, information about the past, again, based on user needs, or to generate aggregated information based on other metrics and uh, dimensions, such as specific fleets or specific type of vessels or at specific areas or specific time frames. And we top this up with our mobile apps, which are available for um, both Android and iOS uh, devices. So. I guess it's a wide range of services, again, with an end goal to um, answer uh, questions. Sure. So you're so you've got a very good handle on where all the all the ships are at the moment. And as you say, that is and also historical um, historical data as well, in order to be able to kind of pull out trends, pull out um, how long it has taken from a for a ship to get from A to B in the past, um, etc. And so this being the alternative data podcast, I mean, um, a lot of your clientele is is obviously the shipping industry because they all want to know, um, you know, where the ships are, how long it'll take, that kind of thing. Um, do you see usage by uh, the investment market, the, the financial markets, in terms of using this um, to to try and extract trends about? Um, I don't know, like in in terms of freight movements and 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 journey times and 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 uh, economic signals from that. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, and given the freemium uh, nature of uh, marine traffic, uh, we have a very very wide audience. And uh, when it comes to commercial uh, use cases beyond private, and our uh, um, Obviously, our prime audience is around the shipping ecosystem, like vessel owners, operators, logistics and supply chains in general, who need to plan their business effectively, uh, charters and so on. But uh, definitely what you say is uh, very close to the truth, as uh, we have been noting this for the past years. And as the AIS data gets more and more democratized, the interest from 
uh, investors, banks, uh, insurance companies, legal firms rises because um, you know we have a global view. We have a global view of the past as well. So by just um, asking the right questions, we can correlate this with uh, prevalent indexes, which are out there. I mean, think of BD, BDI, Bald Dry Index, or mm. how uh, markets move. And uh, I can say that uh, ever since the coronavirus uh, broke out, uh, the need for more data to base our decisions um, has risen exp- exponentially. And I think this is understandable and has an explanation on the fact that, you know, in times of uncertainty, you need to base your decision somewhere. And when we're talking about understanding trade flows, understanding how the global trade is maybe reshaping, you have to use data. You have to see what what is, you know, your baseline, what you are up against. So. Uh, there have been a lot of use cases from this line of businesses as well. And I think that this trend is here to stay. Sure, sure. Okay. So to the task at hand, which is um, obviously we have, a, we have a massive container ship, which is wedged into the canal in the Suez Canal um, and causing a gigantic blockage with large numbers of ships backing up and unable to, to traverse the canal. The latest news I saw this morning was that um, this could go on for a much longer time. Um, there is a there is a danger. It doesn't necessarily look like it's going to be sorted in the next day or two. Do you have any particular insights from from your marine traffic data? And what what help can marine traffic offer to um, investors who are looking at the situation, worried about the future of the immediate, the short term, medium term future of trade? Um, you know. Uh, goods movements across uh, container ships, uh, dry bulk, all of these things. Um, how can how can marine traffic assist a potential investor um, with this situation? Uh, I guess that building on what we have been discussing, um, we can obviously keep uh, a real-time tracking, uh, keep an eye through real-time tracking of the situation and uh, see how this unravels as we move forward. As you mentioned, there are fears that this might take more than a couple of days, uh, more more than what was initially, you know, estimated. So, it's not an easy task to dislodge a massive four hundred meter long vessel from the sand, and uh, this causes a lot of congestion in a crucial artery to global shipping. I mean, you there is a lot of information around from experts like uh, how about 12% of the world trade passes through the canal, that we're talking about $10, million, $10 billion of cargo uh, on any single day. So we can understand that uh, by monitoring the situation, uh, we can see the ripple effects of this uh, blockage. And uh, right now there are somewhere between 150 to 200 vessels which carry vital you know, commodities and fuel and cargo, as you mentioned, all, all any type of vessels, container boxes, uh, oil, um, bulk uh, carriers with um, other type of commodities that are stuck there and waiting to pass. So mm. um, what should the shipping lines do? Some of them are already 
changing and diverting to go around the African continent, which is the alternative to connect Asia to Europe. And that's a, and that's a process that you can track pretty neatly on marine traffic because you can see um, you can see the ships. You know, they 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 were gathering in in uh, in the. Uh, in Egypt, uh, the uh, the entrances to the canal, and now they're beginning to turn, and 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 you can use the platform to 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 track their progress. Is that correct? Obviously, this is something we can do. Uh, we have already noticed a couple of vessels changing, you know, their paths. Uh, it's very it would be very interesting to uh, see how the vessels that are stuck in the entrances, both the south and the northern entrance of the canal. Uh, if they might consider a change of plans, which is heavily dependent on uh, how the dislodging operations uh, will move forward and what would be the estimation to resolve this. But, I mean, this, it cannot go much uh, worse than that. I mean, you have a massive vessel in a narrow canal blocking both ways. So... Um, and it's not an easy decision. We're talking about adding like 12 uh, extra days of sailing to go around uh, Africa. We're talking somewhere between 3.5 to 4,000 added nautical miles. This is, there's a lot of cost involved in that. Mm. And uh, there are contracts that have to be met. There, are, there will be claims. It, uh, it's not just the volume of cargo. It's the disruption to the whole um, ecosystem. I mean... We're talking about tons of fuel. And beyond the obvious, uh, and given the interconnected nature of uh, our modern days economies, um, I think that we should be expecting a lot of delays in delivery. We might see high, higher freight rates as there will be less available to nuts to uh, get things from point A to point B. Yeah. And uh, maybe in the process, you know, the vessels that choose to go around uh, and in order to meet their obligations, they might speed more. Um, so there is also an environmental effect from that, from greenhouse gas emissions that might rise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a whole system of interactions and there's a lot of action going on right now. It's a big deal. Have you seen um, Have you seen much uh, increased interest on your on your platform as a result? Have you seen uh, increased requests for information um, uh, as a result of the last couple of days? We've seen and a lot of uh, interest. Uh, actually, traffic on the website has doubled. We are way over one million users per day on a daily basis, and uh, our you know our marketing team is having some rough days as well because there's a lot of incoming. You can imagine. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we try to keep uh, people also, you know, informed about how things are shaping up. We try to post things on our social media uh, all the mm -hmm. time with latest developments or numbers about the amount of vessels that uh, are uh, stuck in the situation. In summary, where marine traffic fits into this is if a potential hedge fund or investor wants an API which will provide all of the information about where from a geolocation in a geofenced way all every vessel on the planet currently is um then you're the place to come to is that is that a good summary certainly 
and uh, we can work together on understanding the use case and what would be the proper data to you know to facilitate coming up with uh, insights and uh, making better decisions. In the second part, I speak to Philippe Pagnotta of Shitfix to take a more market-based view of the situation. Uh, so basically, Shipfix was created three years ago uh, by Serge Allen and uh, Antoine Griset that I knew uh, from uh, from previous uh, companies they, they built a couple of years ago. And uh, the idea of Shipfix is actually to help the maritime and commodities world to to get more uh, transparency and uh, and liquidity. Um, the way the, the the shipping industry world is split is, is in three type of categories. So you will have the, the wet category, which is oil and gas. You will have the container, which is, you know, it says containers, and you will have the dry, uh, dry shipping industry. The, the two first category, which are wet and, and, uh, and containers are, are actually, you know, uh, activities which are very well centralized, very well structured in terms of trading and in terms of communications. Uh, while the dry industry remain a bit more archaic in the way it is, it is traded and, and communicated. So everything is done by emails. So before creating any specific set of data, what Shipfix did for, for two years was literally create a software which help the different parties involved in the dry shipping industry to actually centralize all their communication, uh, structure this communication, and provide a yeah a centralized place for them to um, to actually uh, make their uh, work more efficient. Dry shipping, dry shipping would involve um, containers as well, would it? It will be a little bit outside of the container space. Uh, it will focus on mainly uh, commodities. So we're talking about agri commodities. Uh, okay. We're talking about uh, metals. We're talking about uh, fertilizer, wood. It's it sounds uh, so it's dry bulk and um, it represents in total sixty five to seventy percent of every single uh, ships you will find at sea uh, in the world today, for example. So today, if you look at what is happening in uh, in the in the Suez Canal, sixty five to seventy percent of all the ships which are blocked actually are not necessarily containers or or, or tankers. They are actually you know dry uh, dry shipping uh, dry shipping vessels commodities okay um and so you were you were created to help streamline and and create efficiencies in communications in um so you said in the dry in the dry sector shipping sector yeah i mean we we are uh we had to start somewhere where there was uh, you know a, a lack of digitalization uh, and the lack of information because the other two markets were already you know very well populated so the idea was to enter a niche market and grow from there. So we started in the dry market, but we are not afraid to say we're expanding into the into the wet and uh, and into the container in the in the coming weeks months. Okay. Um, and so what do you say? So your streamlining communications. What does that What does that mean in terms of in terms of data, for example? What would someone be buying from you? So it's it's very interesting because uh, when you talk about you know the, the, the shipping and the dry shipping industry overall, we are focusing on um, different type of communication. But ninety five or ninety nine percent of all communication in the in the dry shipping industry are done by emails. So on a daily basis, uh, if you are trading uh, a trader in this activity, 
you're receiving between 5,000 to 20,000 emails. So you literally are bombarded on a single daily basis with uh, emails and you spend your time just reading your, your emails. And what Shipfix is offering you is actually the ability to, you know, through uh, machine learning and natural language processing, to extract the key information from all these emails and to focus on a specific area of your trading activities. So if you're just trading, you know, soybean uh, container, uh, soybean uh, the dry bulk uh, vessels, the Shipfix will allow you just from the Gulf of Mexico or from Brazil, Shipfix will disregard all the other set of emails and just give you access to the one which really matters to you. So that's from a software perspective. But what is super exciting, you know, from what we build is from my, my previous company, I understood that, you know, if you want to make a market more liquid, more transparent, you need actually to have people contribute to a specific market to provide transparency and more visibility. And that's exactly also what we're building with Shipfix, who are actually, you know, our client on the software side, and not only clients, are also contributor to a data service, to a DAS platform. Okay. Um, and so, so you are excellent at providing the, the, the intelligence and information about, about what is going on out there. Um, what is going on out there? <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's uh, it's something which is quite uh, quite exciting. Uh, well, it's it's well, it's a bit sad also, but you know it happens. It's a it's a it's a big big vessel. It's a major uh, event. It's a major yeah. event, but it, yeah, I don't think it will be that uh, that catastrophic, and it will be fixed pretty soon. Uh, but what is interesting is you know uh, ten percent of all trade flows at sea are going through the. Uh, Canal de Suez, as we say in French, but it's a Suez Canal. Uh, and, you know, obviously, there's going to be a backlog and uh, there will be some delay and it will affect some, um, some commodities prices. And obviously, it will affect the freight rate or the container rates. But, you know, taking things into consideration is the freight rate and the, and the, and the, and the container rate have been at, you know, historically high level for the past three months already now. And January, February, we saw some spikes that we have never seen before. You know, some freight rates, you know, tripling uh, in terms of levels, similar with containers, you know, that have been doing times four, times five since uh, since November. So it's quite, quite impressive level. So can the pressure we're seeing in the Suez Canal at the moment add more to the current price? It's, uh, it's to be determined <laughs> because we're already at a pretty high level. So what um, what you're saying is that a um, so the prices are very high for shipping, which plays which bleeds in then into the prices of of goods on arrival, because obviously it's it's adding to the price of shipping them from from source to market. Um, and what that's already been up in terms of kind of inflationary pressure and this uh, this episode, this 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 event uh, might have the potential to, to, to really play into that and, and drive it up further. Well, what, what, what this, this event is doing at the moment, which is quite, uh, quite interesting for, for us and the market in general, it's actually putting the shipping industry onto the map. Mm. And, you know, it's opening the eyes of many investors who are used to trade, you know, uh, bonds, credit default swap, uh, uh, stocks. The ability to see that actually there is a huge market that they are not touching which is there for them to invest because any single investors can call their market makers and start, you know, taking position on the FFAs, which are, you know, the, the forward freight agreements, which are the synthetic way to invest in the, in the dry 
dry uh, shipping uh, markets or in the container space, for example. And all of that, you know, open their view to a new type of investment they haven't touched before. So interesting. So it started taking direct bets on exactly what's 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 happening with 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 shipping prices. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, ship, shipping prices are not du- directly by only like all markets, you know, they are driven by uh, supply and demand, but also it allows you to take macroeconomical views on the world in general, you know, uh, is so what happened with COVID in 2020 was a good example is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's basically the prices didn't go up for no reason is people realize that, you know, there is some things we do need to, to sustain ourselves. Commodities are number one and people need to eat. They need energy. Uh, they need containers to move goods from, uh, for example, from China to Europe or from China to the US. And, you know, if tomorrow things uh, shut down again, people want to take position as, as soon as possible on the market, you know, to secure their transactions. So it's very good to order products, but if you cannot get them delivered, it's a bit useless. Does the, um, is there a market uh, view as to why prices have been so high in, uh, up, up in January, February? Has there been a kind of, has there been a, a massive demand or a lack of supply or anything like that? Well, it's, it's going back to the equation of, uh, of 2020, which means that a lot of, you know, main, main countries. So if you, if you look at the world and uh, it's, it's a, I mean, it's great for doing a podcast, but if we had a bit uh, of a video, you, you will see how the world of shipping is, uh, is together, which 50 to 60% of every single dry commodities in the world today are going into China. Mm. So we're talking about not only dry, but also wet. But then when it comes to manufacturing goods, you will see that 70% of 75% of all containers are actually leaving China. Yeah. And what we realized at the beginning of January is that the number of orders, the live number of orders, which, you know, Shifix is uh, probably the only uh, only company to be able to provide on a, on a daily basis. Uh, jumped literally they went from uh, certain levels in in december i don't have the number in top of my head because it's an emergency podcast <laughs> but the level of orders for for grain or agri business for example uh, tripled overnight from the end of december to the beginning of january so this had a, an increase an impact directly on the price of the commodities but also on the forward trade agreement which represent a benchmark on uh, how the, the freight industry is performing, and this FFA's triple values almost overnight. So if it's so if it's grain, if it's grain, it sounds like from what you said earlier, then there's that's increased demand from China, which has been driving that dry up. Exactly. Exactly. So China was the main uh, main uh, you know the you, you know uh, of consumer of the, of these commodities, and they increased drastically their their level of. Uh, the demand for for all these commodities, but not only agri, but we're talking about metals, uh, copper, iron, nickel, or uh, uh, fertilizer. Pr- pretty much everything, you know, where the demand increased from uh, from China. Okay, and how? So your platform is about providing the intelligence onto what is what is going on out there. Essentially, how much how much um, visibility do you have on? 
the situation in in terms of what is currently being affected, what type of vessels are currently being affected by by the sewer situation, and 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 have you have you got any visibility on on how things might develop in the in the coming days in different scenarios? Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a great market to to be in. So as I say, you know, I spent fifteen years looking after the credit market, but this market is actually you know um, very interesting. But they are still using data sets which are you know if, if you're not used to it they're pretty 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 amazing there is there is much better we can do but you know you can see as of today you know through bill of lading or is data you have a good indication as of today of what is happening in the in the Suez canal what what she fixed data on the other one is doing because the data is directly extracted from uh, the orders which are literally the total level of demand coming to the market as of today we can see, you know, the, if the market is stressed or a little bit more relaxed, and see the number of orders increasing or decreasing. So, using ShipFix data, you can see that at the moment we are definitely in a stressed market, which means you get more and more orders pulling into the market with people looking to secure their shipment as soon as possible. So, ShipFix data will give you is like a forecasting data in terms of how the market is going to perform in two three weeks. But if you want to see how the market is as of today, you can use more, um, you know, stable, not stable, but more uh, typical data sets, which are bill of lading or AIS data. And these data sets will, you know, uh, will tell you, you know, how much loading are being done into port, for example, or where are the ships and vessels as of today. So that is AIS data. You're saying it's a stress market. Is that following this following this situation? And, and what what does what effect does a, a stressed market have on perhaps an investor's um, viewpoint towards towards commodities or, or, or dry dry bulk in general? Well, it, it will you know it will drive the, the price higher in terms of freight okay. rate, and it will drive the price higher in terms of. Uh, in terms of commodities prices, but it's like any market, you know, sometimes I like any markets are like a, a, a tomato market. I like to keep it simple. You know, if there is plenty of tomatoes on the market, prices will go down. If there is not enough tomato on the market, prices will go up. And what ship fix, you know, tells you much more in advance is in one week or two weeks time, will you have enough tomato on the market or not? And by correlation, how much it will affect the price for example and and today yeah we are we are in a situation where you know we're entering a commodity super cycle a lot of people are talking about that so more and more interest into the commodities market which is you know great uh, but one commodity that people don't necessarily take into account when they trade commodities is also the the shipping uh, because to move uh, you know soybean from brazil to china grain from the us to china or it's a lot going to china so generally it's uh, that's the, the way the, the trade is happening um you need also to secure the shipment and you want to secure it at at a lower price so the price of the commodity at delivery is not affected too much um final technical question um as in terms of an alternative data uh, consumer, so perhaps I don't know, perhaps a hedge fund or, or, or an investor of of, a, of something like of that sort. Um, what what format does the data come in? Um, what would they be receiving from Shipfix, which um, they could be using to analyze the situation right now? Um, it's it's very you know we're very uh, we're very <laughs> the way we build the platform. We try to build it for 
all kind of uh, investors and market participants, which means we build the platform so you know people who are not used much to technology and data feed can go onto the platform. It's extremely user-friendly, great data insight with daily updates where you can see how the market is performing. Uh, but also, you know, so that's more for commodities traders, I will say, or uh, ship ship operators or, or ship uh, brokers. But then, you know, from a quantitative uh, approach or from a hedge fund approach or for some commodities traders and some ship, uh, ship uh, brokers are developing an alternative uh, and quantitative way of investing, we provide daily feed through FTP or Curl. And they can go there, upload the, the overall uh, orders of the market on a daily basis, and rebuild their own indices. They don't because we do build ship fix indices, but they can go there and literally, you know, rebuild them, rebuild them, rebuild these indices themselves on specific criteria that they have selected. They don't need to leverage the one we have already done for them. Perfect. Philippe, thanks so much. Um, that's a really good whistle-stop tour of ShipFix and how it can be useful in this in this Suez situation. Um, so thanks so much for for being available at, at, at short notice and 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 helping in this in this uh, emergency um, episode. And um, yeah, best of luck with the uh, with this with this very interesting market right now. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, we uh, we think some, uh, as I say, it's it's quite quite interesting what we, which is happening. Uh, let's see how long it's going to take to uh, to to move the, the vessel quickly to to restore, you know, uh, continuity in the in the flow of the Suez Canal.